Today's episode of Times Ours is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think the Chiefs tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can actually save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. You pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. With that time yours. Guys, I really don't care to try to start today's show with any fun, lighthearted banter or any uh, cutesy little intros to try to get everybody's mood back in the same direction. Everybody's angry. Everything's horrible. The ship is on fire. Pets' heads are falling off. I'm, I'm seeing plaster falling from my ceiling. The entire apartment is shaking. I can only imagine what's going on in your respective homes because Chief's kingdom is falling apart, my friends. And this is Time Czars, a Chiefs podcast right here on The Athletic. You can uh, subscribe to The Athletic and get our episodes on Friday that... Uh, honestly, for the first time all season, I hope you weren't listening on Friday, because golly gee, I was wrong about some things. Uh, I'm Joshua Briscoe. I've been wrong. Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor, though, neither of you guys have ever been wrong about anything, especially what the offense is going to look like in this game. Right, guys? Yeah, we uh, we may have over overstepped uh, <laughs> overstepped the <laughs> end the, the analysis. <laughs> Uh, but this is this is the fun part of football. Sorry, Chiefs fans. Um, you know, other teams game plan, other teams uh play the underdog role really well. Um, the Colts had no virtually nothing to lose last night, and that that sort of played out uh both in their play calling, the way they were sort of uh trying to attack the Chiefs on defense. And look, uh, you know, you, we have to mention what occurred. Man. Everybody got hurt last night to some degree. Like even even Frank Clark Everybody. missed an entire defensive series because he had an injury uh, that really was never uh, subscribed or described to us on in in the press box. I don't know if it was mentioned on the NBC broadcast last night, but everybody got hurt. So if you want to go down the entire list, and I, and I put this on uh, Twitter so that people would not forget this, but you know um, Patrick Mahomes at, that's an ankle. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, that's a groin. Chris Jones, that's a groin. Uh, Andrew Wiley, that's an ankle. Uh, Sammy Watkins, that's a hamstring. Just an enormous amount of injuries. Oh, Xavier Williams, he also had an ankle injury too. And 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 only Patrick Mahomes finished the game out of that list. Uh, when you don't play well and you're injured, you're not supposed to win in the NFL. And that sort of played out, even if you have uh, the MVP in Mahomes. I feel like I have a groin injury. Seth, that was the fun part, right? Like Nate said, that's the fun part of football. Yeah, yeah, that was Nate's running pretty fast and loose with the word fun. It's just like, <laughs> that's like, you know, speaking of groin injuries, it's like how, so I have five kids. And what wow. happens is inevitably when you have kids, especially a lot of boys that love to wrestle around and run around, is you end up getting hit in the groin like three times a day eventually <laughs> once you have enough kids. And I, I got to tell you, that's, that'd be like, you know, this is the fun part about having kids is occasionally someone just kicks you right in the gonads. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this, 
This game, you know, I don't know how we forgot about this, but this type of game used to be a a biannual occurrence for for yeah. the Andy Reid led Chiefs, putting up a game that was just an absolute stinker. And I think we came to believe that it was impossible for it to happen with Mahomes at quarterback. And now we've discovered, you know, the way that Mahomes has kind of protected Andy Reid from himself and protected the Chiefs from their own worst tendencies. Well, when he's hobbled with a bad ankle and he doesn't have his left tackle or his left guard, which, by the way, Andrew Wiley was not playing well. But when he went out, it was over. we all got a reminder of why it was a stupid idea to cut Jeff Allen. It was yeah. just a just just a side note. Like I I rarely you know because look the you know Brett Veach knows way more about football than I do. Obviously Andy Reid does too. But I mean, when they cut Jeff Allen, I was like that don't make no sense. Like <laughs> why would you cut a guy that you can actually put into the game and know that he can hold his own? Because I think it was Hunter they put in. Yeah, it was it 60. was it was Ryan, yeah, Hunter, Ryan Hunter and uh, I believe on his he second got, on his second snap he got pancaked. He got pancaked so many times. I it was one of those rare moments where you're like I could do that. Like I could get pancaked <laughs> that quickly. Like, I would die, don't get me wrong, and it would happen literally every play. But one play, I could do that. I mean, it was it was just so bad. You know, no Hill, no Watkins. I, I It was just, it was so bad. And then to add, in my case, I know we're going to talk about this because I, I could spend the next, like, 50 minutes ranting, and I'm trying not to. To add insult to injury for me, the week after I take by far my strongest stance... On run defense. It was proven it's correct like, is what happened, Seth. You took yeah. your strongest stance, and then it was proven correct, and people I, can't read. Uh, no, and that's the problem is the the reality is this game, and we'll talk about this. I know we will. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm not big on like, oh, well, the run defense is what killed it. I don't think it was, but because of the way this game played out, I'm going to spend the next week arguing. And, guys, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to argue with people. They're just wrong, though, and I can't let... You know, it's that old... I didn't reference a GIF on Friday's show, and I apologize to no. our listeners yeah. who I know are here for that content. But it's that meme, you know, you know, where, where the stick figure guy is at the computer and a voice in the background, you know, honey, come to bed. I can't. Why? Someone is wrong on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... And it's not just... Be, it's, 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 it's media members. People were so eager to snuggle up into the cozy... 50-year-old paradigm of, well, the run defense is what wins games, you know. If you can't stop the run, you're going to lose. And they, I, I had no idea that people were so eager to go back to that narrative. And I'm just, what a bad night. Good Lord. Somebody before this game sent me a, a little, just a nice glossy JPEG on Twitter of uh, just a little a little text box with a quote and a picture of Bear Bryant. The whole, like, uh, offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships. Uh, Bear Bryant died in 1983. <laughs> He's not watching right now. That was such a weird move. He was born in 1913. Uh, but all of that notwithstanding, the only problem with your rant uh, to start the show, Seth, is that it made me sit here for like five minutes to wait to make my joke about Ryan Hunter becoming Ryan Hunted. And I just have been <laughs> sitting here 
I've just been sitting here on that joke for like five straight minutes. Like, please, Seth, wrap it up. I got a pun. Uh, I've got a that, great joke. <laughs> I've got a great joke. Um, but I think that the, the first question I want to ask you both, and then I'll share my two cents as well. Is is trying to figure out where you should start in this game. Obviously, the the Colts put up 19 points, and that is enough to win for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' NFL career. I I said it in a very dramatic way on the uh, on the 810 post game show last night that this is literally the worst loss of Patrick Mahomes' professional career, and there's yep. no clear second place. Last year's losses were to good teams. Also, all of his losses have been in prime time. And I was that's I don't think that's anything, but someone tweeted me that, huh, that's interesting. Oh, it'll but, but, it'll be a thing. It'll be a oh, thing for no pundits. question. But um, oh, the Packers game. Oh God, it's gonna be a whole deal. But this game, they put up 13 points, which is literally half as the worst it's ever been for this team under Patrick Mahomes. So Seth, you say you know people maybe forgot that this kind of thing could happen. I understand why people forgot this thing could happen because it hasn't happened with this quarterback. Uh, right. But Nate, it, obviously, a, t- a ton of people are mad online about the defense and mad in real life about the defense. So if I ask you, hey, where do you start with the story? of this game I mean I know where you started because I read your article right here on The Athletic uh, but if I make you summarize what you have as your main first takeaway what is it yeah and that was the question I had going down to the locker room uh, last night because I was making sort of the pun myself where we go down to the locker room and I look around at some of my uh, peers and I go hey you know this is why they pay us right here you know where the <laughs> team stinks God. Uh, half the guys that usually talk after the, after the game are injured. So they are not available to reporters. And this is why they pay me to try to bring to reasoning and and try to, uh, get the right tone for why the team lost or what questions need to be asked or who should be focused on, um, in a situation like this. And what really boiled it down to was, um, Cam Irving has this real belief, this, like this true belief that he should be. That at his best he can be a tackle in this in, in the NFL, and that was mm-hmm. kind of disproven last night. Um, he did not talk, and I would encourage you know our listeners to to read the story. He didn't talk, and he didn't need to talk because for sixty minutes he got beat by just about every Colts defender, um, most notably Justin Houston. The former chief defensive or outside linebacker, now defensive end for the Colts, who had a sack, who made a key fourth and one stop where Cam Irving forgot that he was on the field. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cam Irving is the reason why Patrick Mahomes is hobbling, uh, most notably because he's, you know, he misstepped in the, or he got pushed so, as I wrote, he got pushed so far back that he misstepped into Patrick Mahomes' left ankle, which is like the most important body part on Patrick Mahomes' body because it re-aggravated the injury that he had in Jacksonville a month ago. Um, it was the worst game in Cam Irving's career, um, definitely as a chief, because it happened in primetime. The offensive line stunk. He was primarily the, le- the reason for that. Um, and so his teammates, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and Mitchell Schwartz, Sort of explained that, yeah, we all we all collectively stunk. Like we will speak on Cam Irving's behalf, who didn't um, who didn't choose to 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 talk to reporters because he mostly was um, just soulless and trying to get things 
get things collected in his own thoughts. I mean, just the image of him being in a locker room with hundreds of people with just a, a towel over his face kind of explains, like, this isn't a season-ending loss, but, man, it felt like it was kind of seismic because what this really boils down to is if the offensive line cannot protect Patrick Mahomes, this season will end in uh, in a failure for Andy Reid and the Chiefs because this season comes down to Patrick Mahomes and he can't be effective and he can't be the MVP if, if they don't block. And so I just thought Mitchell Schwartz's um, quote to us last night was really interesting and just very truthful in saying, quote, you can have the best quarterback in the world and the best receivers. It does not matter if we can't get if, – if guys are getting there, i.e. Patrick Mahomes, if guys are getting to Patrick Mahomes too soon. Um, we just didn't play well. So I think that's that's what I left my story with, just the idea that the offensive line is bad. Um, I think injuries are secondarily because, uh, yes, this, this so much of this game is about scheme and coaching and, and getting guys in the right mentality, but you need talent. And uh, I would say half of the team's talent was sort of pushed away uh, either before the game or during the game. So I would just start with just the offensive line has to play better, and I'm going to leave Seth. The, uh, the the opportunity to explain yet again why the Colts only scored 19 points and the Colts only scored one touchdown. And, yes, they gave up a million yards. But, to be fair, uh, because of time of possession, I know people are going to mention that, the Chiefs ran 12 plays, all of 12, before their last drive of the second half, um, which tells you they didn't do jack in those 12 plays. Also, as a, as a housekeeping measure here, uh, we, we hit record at 8 Central. Uh, so injury news comes out or whatever, we're flying blind without it. You'll, you'll know more this afternoon, but as of right now, like for me, you mentioned the injuries. I think if that Chris Jones injury ends up being a, a, a long-term thing, you could obviously see that move up in importance. He got ruled out fast also yes. for a groin injury. Mm-hmm. That, that felt like that happened very, very quickly. Um, anyway, just, just of note that right now we don't have the information that, that you may have by this afternoon. Seth, same same prompt. The biggest thing that happened last night was um the protection is obviously a big deal and they also they 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 are not the same team without Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Um now when when Mahomes was was running around, you know, and not hobbled they, they looked like they were still going to have a pretty potent offense. So I, I guess you'd say they're not the same team without Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and the left side of their offensive line. It was just, it was bad. I mean, Nate's exactly right. I've, I've talked about this for a few years, that great blocking and great pass protection does not win you games, but really terrible blocking can lose you games. That's why when I chart offensive linemen snaps, the the losses are so much more important. The loss percentage is so much more important than the win percentage. We all love watching you know a guy pancake someone, but functionally it doesn't really alter that much from just walling a guy off and hanging on. And the offense, this was a and, and I feel bad because I'm sitting here you know. You know, it just it feels like I'm bashing a guy that I have a lot of respect for. This was an Alex Smith loss. Yep. This was, I mean, we've seen this game. In fact, yep. the fact that it was 180 yards rushing by the Colts, I watched this game live a few years ago 
at Arrowhead when Pittsburgh won a playoff game at Arrowhead. I watched this game. Wasn't that 19 to 13? I will look it up for you. Um, that might that was, it was 19 to 13, that was, man. That I'm that literally two, one click away. It's 2016, right? Yeah, yeah it was the I'm, 2016. And so, yeah, thank you for looking it up, Nate. I'm I'm too. It I'm, was I'm, it was I'm 18 to 16. Yes, yeah. So, oh yeah, because they had a field goal there at the end. And so, I've seen this game. We've all seen this game. And here's the thing: people are like, "Oh man, the Colts just ran for so many yards." And it's like, you know, I I, I hear you, I hear you, but they actually had fewer yards per play than the Chiefs. Like th- this is. This is not a case of of Indy's offense just dominating the game. Their their run game. This wasn't. They ran for like four yards a carry. Yeah, it was four. It was four yards. And yes. so, literally. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, here's here's my biggest takeaway. And I, I'm in the process of writing my article right now. It might be out when by the time someone listens to this, it might not. I'm gonna list. So the Chiefs got a field goal their first drive, a touchdown their second drive. After that, punt, fumble, punt. Punt, punt, downs. During that same time, the Colts had an interception, punt, field goal, punt, punt, field goal. Had the Chiefs just scored one touchdown on six drives, by the way, coming into the game, they were averaging 3.12 points per drive. So normally they would score a shade over 18 points during that time span. Had they scored seven they would have outscored the Colts during that time, and the entire context of the game looks different. The offense sucked. It absolutely sucked. And that feels weird to say because they've been so great, but we, we've, we've somehow already devolved. And, you know, I hate, I don't like basing my work entirely around fan narratives that are floating around, but it's not just fan narratives. It's media narratives too. We've devolved in one game Back to the whole idea of, you know what we ought to do? We ought to blame the defense when they gave up 19 points. <laughs> you know whose fault it probably is. This is It's the same thing we did for years, making excuses for an offense that was incredibly inconsistent. The Chiefs, yep. if their offense was, was even average for the Alex Smith era, they win that game last night. If it was average for what they normally do, or even below average for what they normally do, they win that game last night. And so, can the Chiefs defense absolutely carry the offense on its back on a night the offense absolutely sucks? No, they can't. But we already knew that. There's no new information being provided here. This defense is not good enough to carry the offense. The offense has to at least be not awful. And that's the, like, you know, Nate talked about the pass blocking and that kind of stuff. If you can't protect Mahomes, and, and, you know, they've had games where he's had to run around and stuff. You know, the Jacksonville game, they were able to kind of do some short stuff. But they can't do some of the same stuff when they don't have Watkins and Hill. You know, Byron Pringle, who had a great game. I mean, he, he showed up. But, you know, if Byron Pringle doesn't cut to the outside rather than just running straight. Yeah. And and Kelsey had a great block. People will forget that the yeah. idea that Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey completely moved removed a defender on a night where he wasn't even at his best. All Byron Pringle has to do right. was run up Kelsey's back, and he probably has a first down. 
Absolutely. Or at the very least, it's like, you know, fourth and inches instead of a full-fledged fourth and, and, and a long one. And then, and then they don't call it inexplicable. Oh, yeah. That, that run to Damian it's like, God, you know, you, you mentioned Irving and, and not blocking Houston. Because I don't think he blocked anyone. Yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, he blocked so, air. Uh, so I don't know what the call was there. Because sometimes on runs like that, the call is to leave the, the, the backside defender unblocked. Right. Yeah, but and Houston actually said after blocking, the game that he didn't expect to be left unblocked. I don't think Cam Irving expected him to be left unblocked. Yeah, yeah the way the way so, the way Cam Irving reacted after the play led me to believe. And again, we didn't get to ask Cam Irving any questions uh, last night because Cam Irving was, you know, sort of in a, a, a torture chamber of his own mind. Uh, sure, he he he. he the, the way he responded after the play <laughs> led me to believe that like he should have touched somebody maybe it's not Justin Houston but he should have <laughs> but once Justin Houston you know just shoots out of a cannon like you got to put your hands on yeah. him to some degree and what was even more disappointing about that play Seth is there were six offensive linemen on the field like Andy brought mm-hmm. uh, a sixth man and it still didn't work um and uh if you look at if you look at the play closely which I don't know if fans want to um you see where the line to gain is on the NBC broadcast. You see where the Chiefs offensive line starts the play. No Chiefs offensive lineman gets anywhere close to the line of gain, let alone Damian Williams. That that's not their game. You know, this 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 power run thing. I I I understand they were in a hurry, but they weren't in that much of a hurry at that point. And I just I don't understand. How Andy Reid could be such a great offensive mind, and he is. So innovative, so cutting edge, and not have had one person say to him, you know, when you bring in an extra offensive lineman and you bunch everyone at the line of scrimmage, that means that the defense bunches everyone at the line of scrimmage. Now, if you're the Colts and you've got, you know, Nelson and some real maulers along the line, that still might work out. But if you're us and you generally, you know, your most of your good runs are usually inside outside zone stretch type plays, that's not gonna work. And I just I just thought that just makes me crazy. That game, there was so much from that game that just drives you crazy looking at it because it felt like you, you Nate, I really like what you had to say. It's like, no, this isn't like a season ending, but it felt like, oh, okay, maybe we're not quite who we thought we were. You know, we'll we'll see how next week goes, but right. Nate, did you have something else on that point? No, it, yeah, I mean, everything everything there is is I mean, it's it's really noticeable, and it just reminds you that in a matter of five weeks, right, the Chiefs were as healthy as any NFL team can be to start a season, and now they're really one of the teams that are dealing with the the um, the most amount of injuries that you can have through a five week stretch where. You, you know they they just they they tortured Jacksonville. They just dominated them as a fully healthy mm-hmm. squad. And then obviously within the first nine minutes of the season, Tyreek Hill gets hurt, and someone's gotten hurt just about every game in these last five weeks. And now uh, Andy Reid's going to give a, a lengthy opening statement today, uh, trying to explain whose injury and their severity and where they may stand for Sunday's game, or at least when the team starts practicing on Wednesday. Um, it's just it's a reminder that this league mostly comes down to just you you have to be healthy like your talent your most talented guys need to be trusted and relied on for the majority of these 16 
games. And the Chiefs are now in this gray area where you don't really know who's going to be playing Sunday against the Houston Texans. And because of that, if you face a team that is punishing and can play this brooding, you know, get up in the trenches and just rough you around football like the Colts, uh, that does not benefit the Chiefs' style of play. The Chiefs really like to get out in speed. They like to get out into a lead. And they like to squeeze you in terms of um, getting you to play left-handed. And last night, that was the opposite where the Chiefs sort of fell into the Colts' hands. And for all the issues that the that the defense had last night, I was still pretty surprised that the Colts only got 19 points. And one of my... I think one of the most interesting stats of the game was, do you fellas know how many times the Colts passed the ball in the fourth quarter? Were they just attempted a pass? Was oh, it like no. twice? Like it was not many. It was twice. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett was secretly terrible in the second half. Yeah. And they still yeah. got away with it because uh, the Chiefs were so – uh, uncharacteristic on offense that the Colts could literally just hand the ball off and say, this is our best strategy. Cause at least it takes time off the clock and the chiefs didn't sort of punish them with that strategy by putting points on the scoreboard themselves. He was sneakily terrible. And also he averaged a full extra yard per attempt through the air than they did on the ground because it's 2019 and that's how football works. Um, so with that uh, salty precursor, I, for me, the thing that I've gotten stuck on Talking about this for three hours last night, immediately following the game, and then going through all of the the muck of Twitter over the last 12 hours or whatever, um, I can't completely get myself out of the tar pit that is having this conversation about what actually cost them last night. The, the Chiefs scored 1.4 points per offensive possession, and I'm not rounding that up to the 10, I'm not even counting the one at the end of the first half, right? I'm saying the Chiefs had nine legitimate offensive possessions, which is something that we've talked about constantly. Seth, you and I have talked about it even more than we have just on this podcast. The article that you wrote last week that we talked about, we nearly ran out of time to talk about, but I think it was it was so pertinent and still is Time of possession has almost nothing to do with why the Chiefs lost this football. I mean, I guess time of possession has nothing, nothing to do. But there was a there was a, a little bit of a back and forth going on. We mentioned the uh, Arrowhead Analytics Twitter accounts at Chiefs Analytics on Twitter. They they went through and and found what they've been averaging. Um, the, the Chiefs have averaged eleven and a quarter possessions per game they had nine last night obviously having less possessions means there can be more kind of randomization and variance in there but that was not some masterful unstoppable strategy if LaShawn McCoy doesn't fumble on that brilliant play yes, the Chiefs had yes. it felt like that was changing things it felt like the the, the ball was legitimately moving there and, and like you said earlier Seth there was that stretch where the Chiefs offense just couldn't do anything they ended up you talk about having good red zone defense right if you can have good red zone defense the Chiefs should be able to go 19 and 0 and win the win the Super Bowl the Chiefs gave up a touchdown and then a bunch of field goals 
you mentioned the Steelers game, the, the all-field goal Steelers game. That The reason that that happened then it, it turned into a loss is because the offense fell short. It really does feel like I'm having these conversations again that I haven't had in over a year because I haven't talked about an Alex Smith offense in over a year where the offense had plenty of opportunities. Somebody else tweeted like, oh, well, you know, don't you think the run offense that the Colts are putting down there and the Chiefs run defense, you know, don't you think it would have been nice for the Chiefs to have a few extra possessions? Yeah, sure, but they had nine, and they did almost nothing with them. The The fact that we can't find the, the reason in that entire conversation at this point is genuinely baffling to me because I, I just don't think it's that complicated. I, 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 I agree with you. Um, one interesting thing, uh, I'm looking at the Football Outsiders uh, drive charts through week four. And what I see is that the Chiefs have had 41 drives, and so I'm curious whether or not some of the some of the like some of the drives that are you know end of the half and that kind of stuff, it, you mm-hmm. know whether someone counts those or not. But by by Football Outsiders, they haven't even had 11.25 drives per game. 41. Now, yeah, I could be wrong here. Divided by four, I mean, be, that's be, ten point two five. Ten point two five drives per game. So you're talking the difference between nine drives. If we obviously we're, we're not including the kneel down, mm. nine drives and ten point two five. So one and change when you're averaging one point four four points per drive, you're looking at the wrong thing, and that's what. Yep. I I eventually discussed is for all the talk about diamond dominating time of possession. For all the talk about increasing the randomization of the game, which is a legitimate tactic if you're an underdog. I get that. I'm totally, I understand that. For all the talk of that, it resulted in essentially one less drive for the Chiefs. Yeah. That's it. One less drive. All the talk about, you know, dominating the trenches and and draining the clock and, and keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands. They kept it out of his hands one time. You know what they did really well? They 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 stopped the Chiefs offense. So when I say run defense doesn't matter, I'll still scream it to the heavens because you know what mattered? The Chiefs offense sucking. That's what really yeah. mattered. That's what the ruined. The, sorry, please. I'm sorry. I said I didn't mean to knock you off your spot, but that's what Mahomes felt like for a full game. So now <laughs> you can feel it. The Colts ran the ball for four yards a carry. Their longest. Do you guys know the longest play of the game for the Colts? The, think, the most successful offensive play they ran. Was it? Was it? Was it uh, Darren Lee's missed tackle? No, <laughs> it was Bashad Breeland's tackle of a of a defensive. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. The ball got there. Yeah. Outside of that, yes, Seth. It, or, Nate, it was. It was. I've twice in two weeks. I've called you, Seth. I don't know it's what's okay. going on there. I'm just rattled. Um, yes, the the longest actual play that shows up in the t- statistic is where Darren Lee and I haven't gotten to like watch it from a better angle yet. But on the broadcast angle, sure looked like Darren Lee could have made a play there. And if he makes a play there on that opening drive for the Colts that 30 yard run isn't there now we're talking about the Colts running for like 3.4 yards a carry or something but but their most successful offense was throwing up a shot Breland my dude had three defensive holding penalties that 53 yard pass interference and he still might be this team's best cornerback like all of that happening Altogether, even then you can you can round all that into Brissett's stat line. He's throwing the ball for 200 yards through the air. They scored 19 points in a totally normal amount of time and in a, in a, within the margin for error on a totally normal amount of possessions for the Chiefs offense. And so uh, we can actually maybe talk about what specifically went wrong in some other places offensively. But I just think it's so important that, that you listening as a Chiefs fan right now 
are are getting the full picture because I, I just wondered today and I haven't listened to anybody else talk. I haven't read anybody's stuff other than Nate's article so far this morning. I don't know where people are going to go with this outside of what I've seen 240 characters at a time, but I genuinely have a little bit of like, hey, I wonder if people are going to actually be able to explain what happened here in a reasonable and level-headed way. Like, I'm a little bit worried about that because I don't really want to be fighting all these narratives for the next six days or God forbid the rest of the season so uh that to me is the thing that i i can't get unstuck from my craw what's a craw by the way is it like a beak i've always sort of imagined it as being a beak (laughs) it's just your mouth (laughs) the crop of a bird or insect i think that would count as a as a beak yeah yeah craw right so uh, oh you know what well hold on a crop and that anatomy Go ahead, go ahead, Nate. I'm gonna Google what uh, a craw is. Just, just one play that will get lost, and it shouldn't, because I think the the complexion of the game changes completely. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is sort of a hypothetical, but Andy Reid's best play ruined in the worst possible <laughs> manner, where yes. he gets the Colts yes. going one direction, comes back with a with a beautiful uh, screen to Lashawn McCoy, and, and and to be fair, Lashawn. Ran the ball about as well as you can given that spot because he used every inch and in, in sort of his offensive lineman to get as far as he could. Problem was that uh the the as I put on Twitter the books out um Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw an interception this year guys I mean he he will at some point but <laughs> through five games he hasn't done that which is remarkable given yeah. the amount of times he has attempted yeah. this year. So if you can't turn the ball over with Patrick Mahomes' uh, throwing ability, um, you need to pun- punch it out. You need to punch it out. You need to punch it every time. And I know they were doing that a lot with Travis Kelsey um, last night. The Colts were, but they got Lashawn McCoy. It's ten ten at that point. The Chiefs were deep into the uh, Indianapolis Colts territory. I believe at the moment he fumbles, and I will double check this. Um, one more time. He was at the Indianapolis' 25-yard line, at the Colts' 25-yard line. So let's say he doesn't fumble there. It's a big momentum play. The Chiefs go down and score a touchdown. It's 17-10, and now the game, to some degree, forces Jacoby Brissett to throw the ball down the field. And that's something that he proven right. he couldn't do. One of his deeper attempts was intercepted by Tyron Matthew, where he just literally stared down at the receiver. And, and Tyron just read his eyes right. perfectly and beautifully and made a nice play on the ball. Um from the moment pretty much that interception happened, Frank Wright said, okay, um, they are double-teaming uh, T.Y. Hilton, unless Rashad Breland holds him. Outside of that, uh, no one else can get open downfield. Like, it would have put the Colts in such a bind to be down seven points with the crowd loud and knowing that Jacoby Brissett has to convert third downs and, like, third and sixes, third and eights, third and tens, instead of this third and two, third and one nature that they could play with, you know, at a 10-10 score. And obviously they slowly built their nine-point lead for the remainder of the game. Interestingly enough, Andy Reid pulled LaShawn McCoy after that play. And I just was not expecting that um, going into this season, knowing the relationship that those two have, the reliability that LaShawn McCoy has shown throughout his career. He doesn't have a fumble problem. It's just it was a very nice play by the Colts. They punched it out from behind him. He just wasn't aware and didn't have it high and tight enough. But – for him to fumble the ball and then basically to not be utilized ever again was surprising to me, and I think it was probably a mistake on Andy's part. Just because Damian Williams, while it was encouraging that he came back and he showed some signs of some spurts and some ability to to pound, bounce the ball outside, I think the Chiefs' offense, in terms of running the ball or even in their short screen game, they need the duality of both 
you know, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. So it was surprising that in a 10-10 game where you fumble the ball away, LaShawn McCoy was basically told to stand and watch the rest of the game uh, from the sideline. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, one one other thing, maybe the thing for me that, that I referred to 30 minutes ago, I guess, um, as like one of the one of the things that I'm really, really intrigued by from here on out is what Mahomes said after the game. He, he talked about man coverage, getting pressure with four, and then he talked about man coverage some more. And that's what the Lions seem to do. And we talked about this last week about, like, hey, you know, this isn't really a blueprint. The Chiefs missed some stuff, and, and I'm still kind of in that camp. But being able to be pretty well handled offensively by man coverage, and, and again, we've mentioned the pass rush, certainly. If you get home with four, that beat Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Like, I've I've seen that work throughout lots of spots in the NFL. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill is a difference maker whenever it comes to trying to cover guys man-to-man because you can't really do that to Tyreek Hill. It seems like Travis Kelsey is going to keep getting the attention of at least two defenders uh, across the board. But what... What do you guys make of the man coverage thing brought up time and time again um, by Mahomes and, and by two teams two uh, weeks in a row? I think I think I, I'm 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 interested to see because I, I I gave a lot of the quotes that Mahomes had last night to Seth and I know he will break it down for us um, really well when we get the all twenty two uh, video or film from the league and. What I've noticed is that teams are really being physical with Travis Kelsey. And you can do that when you don't have Tyreek Hill. And you can really do that when Sammy Watkins comes out of the game two snaps later. Um, Byron Pringle still learning. I I think people are excited for what he did. But it it sort of showed in plays where he didn't catch the ball that he was not either in sync with Patrick Mahomes or even he was sort of beaten off his spot uh, coming out of tight man coverage off the line of scrimmage where you don't get a free release to run your route correctly. Um, the one class that Seth has put on Twitter and that I have looked at as well, and I think Patrick uh, references if, if I'm correct, but I think it's also in the first half. It's it's tight man coverage. It's the same look that I think the Oakland Raiders gave the Chiefs uh, in, that, in that historic second quarter. And Patrick Mahomes notices it immediately. The Colts blitz. It's man-to-man coverage between... Uh, a defensive back and Demarcus Robinson and Patrick yep. just missed him. If he if they connect, yep. it's either a long game that again gets the Chiefs down and in deep into the Colts territory, or if he hits them right in stride, it could be a touchdown. Um, right. Those are the plays that we are just so used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make. And I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember if the ankle has started to sort of well up or if the ankle has started to obviously be re-aggravated before even Cam Murray stepped on him. But that's a throw that he normally makes. And, you know, Damian Williams, the best attribute that he has on the team is running routes and beating linebackers um, in the passing game for Patrick Mahomes. He did that. He got a step, one step on a linebacker in the first drive, Uh and Patrick Mahomes put it right in his hand. And, again, this is against man-to-man coverage where – we know right. our running back can beat your linebacker. And so even when the plays worked schematically yesterday, uh, for whatever reason, the execution just wasn't there. And I just think the teams moving forward, say the Houston Texans or the Green Bay Packers or the Broncos, like I'm not sure they're all going to be able to play the similar style of man coverage where you can just body uh, 
Travis Kelsey and then leave everybody else on these islands just because you assume they're going to replenish these players with Tyreek Hill, the NFL's fastest player, and Sammy Watkins, who's one of the more uh, freakish athletes who runs really crisp, clean routes, even against man coverage. Um, so the Colts, in some ways, were fortunate that they didn't hit those plays, and it is a real time now for Patrick Mahomes, depending on his ankle, to see if his accuracy can get a slightly, just a hair better um, for his receivers running downfield because he was perfect against the Raiders, and we saw the exact opposite last night against the Colts. Seth, there are a few uh, a few things. That, I mean, Nate mentions that play to Demarcus Robinson, which, by the way, like he missed. But whenever it happened, my, my first thought was, if that's Tyree Kill, he threw it to the exact right spot. But, you know, he's the fastest dude on the field all the time, and he wasn't throwing to Tyree Kill. He was throwing to Demarcus Robinson. Um, you, you put out a video of the could-have-been touchdown to Damian Williams that he probably really should have caught. You tweeted about the uh, the penalty on Cam Irving that once that interception was overturned, ended up costing them 15 yards and bringing them out of field goal range or maybe a fourth and two they could have gone for. Uh, right. we, I saw both of us were tweeting at the same time during the game about the decision to punt for 30 yards of field position. It was fourth and six Ugh. or fourth and seven, but it still ended up being 30 yards of field position. Um, Travis Kelsey had, I, I mean, I think a clean drop and then like a contested drop that you could put, you can, you know, analyze those however you like. But whenever I give you all of those things from kind of a mistake standpoint, not to mention the play call on second and 30, maybe the fourth and one that we were talking about earlier. If you make all of those mistakes and, and you, you put them all in a, in a pile, is there something to take away there like there was last week with the Lions? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I think that's maybe when people talk about a template is the Chiefs have shown um, that if you play zone against them, they're eventually going to eviscerate you. Eventually. Mm -hmm. Now, every team is going to play a blend of man and zone in every game. No team is going to play man coverage 100% of the time in a game. They just The corners can't do it. It's too much running. But I think one thing that they've shown, and Nate alluded to this, is you play them physical, you play them tough, you can get a pass rush. That 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 allows you to at least force the Chiefs to consistently make plays. And like you said, against Oakland, they mostly did it, well, in the second quarter. Um, and they've done it in the past. But really, I mean, Mahomes talked about this after the game, and he's right. And I'm going to be looking at, at it specifically from an all-22 angle, see if there were other things that were missed. But what it looks like right now is they they were just put in a, a bunch of positions to make plays. You referenced a bunch of them. I've got a few more plays that I'm going to be writing about here where things just weren't executed quite correctly. And until they show that they can execute that correctly and just make teams pay, teams are going to keep doing it. Now, Andy also, I do think just a, a thing that they're going to have to do, they need to start calling more man beaters. They need to start calling more, more pick plays, more crossers, that kind of stuff to help create the separation for their guys. So it, it was just a rough game. I mean, you don't go punt, fumble, punt, punt, punt downs after gaining eight total yards on the downs, it's not like they drove down the field and then gave it up. Mm -hmm. um, you don't do that without some really serious miscues on offense. And that's what they had. So they've got to get that right. They've got to figure out, okay, we want to run a bunch of empty sets. How do we avoid being the Arizona Cardinals while we do that and getting our quarterback killed? Right. 
because that can't keep happening. They need Eric Fisher back in the worst way. Is Eric Fisher an all-pro? No, but he's a good left tackle. And that's, we've been talking about this for a couple years now. The Chiefs ask a lot of their tackles. They've got to hold up one-on-one at the edge. Do I think Justin Houston probably beats Eric Fisher a fair amount of the time? Probably. That's a tough matchup for Fisher, but it's not nearly the consistency that Irving lost with. And I feel for Irving. I think he's a guy who cares a lot and has the right mentality, but he he, he just got whooped constantly. And it affects even plays where Mahomes isn't hit or sacked. So for me, again, 13 points. Sometimes, you know, it's the the business thing. KISS, keep it simple, stupid. You get you scored 13 points, you are not going to win in the NFL scoring 13 points. This is really important because I don't want to leave anybody hanging, but a crop is a thin-walled expanded portion of the alimentary tract used for the storage of food prior to digestion in birds. And so whenever something is stuck in your craw, apparently it's referring to the crop kind of like between the neck and stomach of uh, birds and actually a wide variety of animals. Hmm. So I like I like the idea that that right there was a break for everyone because it's gotten very dark here. We also only have just a, a minute left here, guys. We've We've had a very free form uh, therapy session over the course of this hour. So it hasn't exactly been like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. But the the question that I had at the very list of our Google doc, at the very end of our, our list of topics in our Google doc today is does this fundamentally change anything? Nate, you touched on this earlier, but if I said you got 30 seconds to, to wrap it up again, I, I mean, there are a lot of people, again, I was taking calls for two hours, three right. hours last night. So I heard not a Super Bowl team. Andy Reid always does this. Why is the O-line so weak? Why is the D-line so weak? It's the same old Chiefs. Not a Super Bowl team. Not a Super Bowl team. Not a Super Bowl team. How much does that game last night move the needle for you from here on out? It moves the needle if Patrick Mahomes is, isn't able to scramble. And that's the one thing that defenses can't prepare for. It's the one thing that they cannot defend and it gives the Chiefs such an advantage. So the offensive line, I think, is going to get better just because, like Seth mentioned, Eric Fisher will come back at some point. Um, you know, we don't know what Andrew Wiley's situation is, but he's 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 been really good this year outside of outside of last night's game. So for me, the thing that will move the needle most in terms of the ultimate goal for the Chiefs is, is Patrick Mahomes going to be healthy or close to what he was to start last night's game, or will he just have this nagging, sort of up-and-down situation with his left ankle that's going to limit his ability to scramble, to be elusive, to create plays that are just not in Andy Reid's script that give the Chiefs ultimate advantage. Um, if if that's the case, then the Chiefs are really going to have to grind out games as we move forward. If he does return to, to close to full health, then I think the Chiefs ultimately will be fine because through five games, we see them play really well at spurts in four of the five to be, you know, one of the top teams of the AFC. It really just comes down to, is Patrick Mahomes going to be healthy? And is that offensive line going to be better moving forward? Seth Wax Poetic in about 30 seconds less than Seth than uh, Nate did. I can't remember who's who, by the way, on this show. <laughs> yeah, that works. I'm like that with my kids. Hey, um, Minnesota won. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't fundamentally change anything. We, we already knew that this, this team rises and falls on Patrick Mahomes. That's what happens when you have a franchise quarterback. It's the old adage, you know, that they the Peyton Manning's coach used to say when he was asked why the backup wasn't getting any reps and he said and I I'll paraphrase, you know, if 18 goes down we're screwed and we don't practice screwed. And so <laughs> if Mahomes is going to constantly get beaten up 
and is going to be hobbling around on a bad ankle. Yes, that fundamentally changes things. Um, however, I, I think the big thing is going to be health. Um, that's It's often a game of attrition in, in the NFL. And if the Chiefs get healthy enough, because that combination of receivers and pass blocking. Mahomes can do it without good pass blocking. We've seen it. He can do it without his receivers healthy. We've seen it. With both, it's more of a struggle and it results, especially with him not being healthy. So it it, cha- it doesn't really change anything. They are who they th- thought they were. Defense can't carry the team. We already knew that. On to the next week, I suppose. Uh, this is the part of the show wherever I tell you that uh, if you'd like to hear the other side, you can do that right here on The Athletic. You can listen to 1% Better. The Athletic, Zach Kiefer, and Stephen Holder bring you twice a twice weekly look at the latest with the Indianapolis Colts. And you know what it's going to be about this week. I will be very curious to hear how they take a look at this game from that perspective because I don't know I, I don't know how they feel about the state of that entire team going forward, but we can listen to 1% better to check it out. Plus, if you like Times Ours, you can subscribe to The Athletic and get our Friday episodes that are exclusive to The Athletic. We'll preview games and talk about all the stuff we didn't get to on the Monday show. These Monday shows, you can at the very least leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Nate's on Twitter at ByNateTaylor. Seth is at RealMNChiefsFan. I'm at JB Briscoe. You can use the hashtag TimesRs to tweet us and give Nate ideas for uh, how to end shows every single time. Please do, because I don't have one today, boys. It's just, uh, hey, (laughs) any given Sunday, fellas, this can happen to you. (laughs) We're all really tired. Yes.